0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. And while we are waiting for Dr. Moon to get connected, I wanted to talk about our upcoming Medical Freedom Conference. So September 30th in Spokane at the Maribu Hotel, we are hosting what we are calling the Northwest Medical Freedom Conference. And it is the first of hopefully a biannual conference where like-minded people, Individuals, healthcare professionals get together and mastermind and brainstorm um, ideas on how to get out of the system. So, it is if you're a healthcare professional and you are looking to make some changes in your career, or you already have, and you want to know how to get out of the system. And what am I talking about getting out of the system? I'm talking about getting out of the system that disallows medical freedom. So, You know, the ones that mandate masks, the ones that mandate vaccines, the ones that don't give people, whether it be healthcare professionals or patients choices, they just mandate certain protocols on them. If you want to find out how to liberate yourself from that system, this conference is for you. So September 30th, Spokane, um, go to our social media, go to um, my personal Facebook or um, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook page and you can find more information to register. Register as soon as possible because space is limited. We are limited to 65 people, and it is filling up fast. So you do not want to miss out on that conference. Um, It is going to be a game changer for a lot of different people. We're going to have great speakers from all over the nation, Dr. Renata Moon being one of them. And she is going to be... um, speaking. um, She's from her position as a pediatrician and what she saw um, during COVID. Um, Today, she's going to be speaking how she got fired from from Washington State University as a professor um, for speaking her mind. So, that has lots of ramifications, and we definitely want to talk about that today. So, Janet, what do you have to say about the conference?
1: Well, one of the things I think that whether or not that COVID bothered you as a provider or not, we all know that the workload that is being put on um, doctors and nurses and prescribers, nurse practitioners and PAs is, is overwhelming. And so part of it is just getting back your life on why you went into this profession to help people and how you can help them and honestly, you know, if you only have a few minutes to check the box and you aren't spending time with your patients, you're really not doing what you signed up for or thought you signed up for. So we have um, Dr. Edgerly from Yakima and Dr. Edgerly has um, been practicing in a um, cash only system, which most people might um, feel like you're only taking care of the, the, the rich people, but that's not the case. You're taking care of the working class people and people who are actually on Medicaid, but can't get in to see their doctor because their doctors are booked to the hilt. But he he has some great knowledge. He's been very successful in his practice on how to get back to taking care of patients. And he actually was a hospital administrator, so there's not too much that he hasn't seen or heard or been a part of and so just real hands on great knowledge on how to get back into control
0: yeah and he really makes it black and white on right. how to get out of the system and sometimes when people hear what he has to say they don't like it but it's his truth um one of the things is to get out of the system is one of the quotes that i take from him is you have to stop t- you have to stop taking their money what does that mean Um, You stop taking government money. You stop taking insurance money. Um, That means, you know, those people can't control you anymore. And let's face it, um, Janet mentioned how, you know, physicians are handcuffed on how much time they can spend with patients. And, you know, it's by design. Um, I really honestly believe that insurance companies and drug companies are in collusion together to make it to where when physicians have to... In order to make a, a good income, they have to see patients every 10 or 15 minutes and can't spend enough time with them. So what do they have time to do? They don't have time to educate them about lifestyle choices. They have time to prescribe a drug, and that's it. And that is totally by design because the insurance companies and the drug companies are in bed together to, to create a cartel, to collude and create a cartel to rip off patients. And I really, really seriously mean that. Janet? Janet?
1: Well, this is part of a solution, though. I think, you know, a conference where you have people that are successful at doing what uh, we're talking about, about getting control of their profession back and their career and giving you tools to move ahead. Because, you know, until you've crossed that threshold of actually doing something, a lot of times all I hear from from people in our profession is, negative things. And, and I get it. We all need to, to empty and 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 let people know what we're feeling and thinking. But at the same time, this is a game changer. This brings back joy. I and mean, Sean and I were at a uh, conference in uh, Plano, Texas, I believe, a couple of years ago, where we um, were just interviewing different physicians that have chosen to take back their career. And one of our actually he's pretty close to us, Dr. Story out of Moscow, Idaho, was just talking about how he could look in the mirror and be a good husband and a good father and then a good doctor to his patients, which everybody deserved, but it took him getting out of the system and actually learning how to do this so he could be successful in his career as well as in his home life and family life. And, you know, the steps there, we don't have to reinvent. I mean, all these providers have yeah. done it and Dr. Story in in Moscow, Idaho is flourishing. He's doing absolutely amazing. And the smile on his face reflects in his wife's face too, because she's part of his partnership at, at their business as well. And, and to me that, that isn't just your clients that that that's your children and who you are as an individual. You do a better job when you're happy.
0: Absolutely, and doctor burnout is a real thing. Um, I write about it in my book, Sickened: How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. Um, and that's one of the things this conference is about. It's not a gripe session. It's about how to fix right. fix it. And it's not necessarily about fixing the system because sometimes in order to fix the system, you have to get out of the system. Um, you know. Janet and I tried for years when we were in the traditional system, you know, to to lobby legislative bodies to get better reimbursement for pharmacists and this, that, and the other. And there's a lot of talk in pharmacy right now that the Congress needs to step in and stop PBMs and um, from, you know, uh, making drug prices too much. And it's like, you know, let, that's not going to work. Um, that is not going to work. I mean, stop griping and just get out of the system. You know, and that's one thing that we are... You know, helping educate people is that you know there is a parallel system. Um, also, as a patient, you don't need to be stuck in that system. Where you know, if your if your doctor is six months booked out, get a new doctor. I mean, seriously, if you can't get in to see him for six months, get a new doctor. Um, ask us; we can send you. We can send you somebody that can get you in within a week or two. Um, you know, some other guest speakers will be Kelly Victory, Doctor Kelly Victory from the Doctor Drew Show. She yep. is going to be speaking, and she's going to be pe- speaking about. Critical thinking in medicine. And what does that mean? I'm going to give an example, then Janet can give an example. Um, I I don't, you know, she's going to run with it and have her own presentation, but I'm just going to give an example of critical thinking in medicine. I use these uh, analogies a lot because I want to tell myself, I tell patients that I'm not a smart person. I'm not a scientific person. I just want to think rational. And here's a good one statins, medications like Lipitor, Mevacor. Oh, the list goes on for statins. If you know what those medications are, they help to lower cholesterol. And they are great at lowering cholesterol. They are great at lowering cholesterol. But we were sold the thought that if you lower somebody's cholesterol, you will decrease cardiovascular disease. So here's what I have to say when it comes to critical thinking about that. And I don't have any studies to show you. I don't have any numbers to show you necessarily. No no double-blind, placebo-controlled trials. But the number one killer of Americans is still cardiovascular disease and the statins have been out for over 30 years. Now, let's just think rationally about that. If statins work so well and we've lowered people's cholesterol, because let's face it, I mean, Janet likes to call them vitamin statin. Um, You know, any cardiologist and most doctors just think that everybody should be on some. And um, if they work so well, how come cardiovascular disease is at an all-time high 30 years after they've come out? Just that—that's a rational thought, right there, Jenna. What kind of um, analogy do you have for critical thinking in medicine?
1: Well, I think we do a pretty good job in critical thinking for like emergencies, like you know how a surgeon fixes a broken leg, or you know uh, dealing with a. stroke or dealing with a heart attack. I mean, those things, I think we've done a pretty good job. And the reason I believe we have is because what we see working for other people, we're able to share that and that's shared, right? And so we all can talk about that. But what's happening in regular medicine is that we used to come to the table and say, hey, you know, I've, I've been treating my clients this way do you have a better way of doing this and we could collaborate and we could talk about it kind of a round table type thing maybe that's an old term but um doctors that have practiced for many years will say that you know hey they used to call up so and so and say hey how are you doing this or how are you treating that and then move forward and that is kind of squashed that's out the door right now it's either what your insurance company is telling you to do or your employer is telling you how to prescribe and many times that happens in bigger clinics or in hospital settings where you know somebody who is not even a physician is actually telling that doctor how to prescribe and that's the problem they need to get out of it as far as i'm concerned and i know they're trying to look at the bottom line but If a physician or a surgeon or a doctor or or a nurse practitioner or a PA knows how to treat the patient, we need to get out of that relationship between the client and the provider because the provider should know the patient better than the administrator or the insurance company. And I think that's caused a lot of damage to our whole system as far as the relationship between provider and doctor, that, that interaction because it's not going to listen anyway. They're going to only do what's on their formulary or what they're told to do. And, and that's wrong. It's really wrong.
0: Well, and I honestly think that that's what I talk about in my book, is that's really what ruined medicine um, and our healthcare system is – the government and insurance company getting involved Um, back in the 1940s when employers started paying for health hospital insurance for employees. That's kind of where it went downhill because it went from hospital insurance to basic health care. And the only reason employers started doing that, by the way, is because the federal government put a cap on wages during uh, World War II and wonderful President um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt um, put a cap on wages. So if you know Ford wanted to hire somebody from General Motors, they couldn't say, "Well, I can pay you, you know, ten percent more than you're making now." They couldn't do that because it was illegal per executive order from FDR. So they started offering these these hospital benefits. Well, what has it really turned into? Is it's really turned into you know primary health care and you know, health insurance wasn't originally meant to cover your, you know, basic everyday needs. I mean, let's compare it to auto insurance. You know, if you wreck your car, you have auto insurance. You wreck your car, your, you know, your your car is covered if you have collision on it, right? Um, that's what insurance is meant for catastrophic things like that. But um, your auto insurance doesn't pay for tires on your car. And imagine if it did pay for tires in your car. Do you know how expensive tires would be? I mean, seriously. Um, and guess what? You also wouldn't have a choice of where you get tires either or what kind of tires you, you get. You would be told what kind of tires and where to go for your tires. That's exactly what's happened to our healthcare system. And as a patient, you don't want uh, an insurance company or an employer that sponsors that insurance company to tell you where to go for your healthcare. Because let me tell you what, um, those in-network hospitals or doctors they're not in network because they're the best doctors. They're in network because they are um, giving disc- – the they are discounting their rates to the insurance company, period. That's the only reason they're there. And when you add a third party like an insurance company involved in anything, um, including healthcare, price goes up, service goes down, quality goes down. So, if you want to really be in charge of your own healthcare, you really shouldn't have an insurance company involved. You should pay out of pocket and you shop like you do for any other commodity. And guess what? It's affordable. And that's one of the things that this conference is going to talk about. If you want affordable, quality um, healthcare and quality service, um, get out of the insurance model, Janet.
1: Well, to piggyback on what he's talking about, one thing from the personal side of the patient and doctor relationship you have to remember, or practitioner relationship, is that if the insurance company is paying the bill, then you're not the consumer. They are. And I know we don't want to talk about that because for whatever reason in the past you know, couple decades, we talk about it's a right or it's this. I'm not opposed to charity and helping people, but if you don't have relationships, if you don't build the human relationships that a patient and a provider or healthcare practitioner, a doctor, a surgeon, a nurse has with a client or with a patient, how much effort, and I'm not saying that we're bad people, but when you have relationships without other people getting involved and in shortening that too like you only have x amount of time so how how do you communicate how do you know what's really going on many times i think we have revisits because things aren't even you know they're overlooked because you can only treat someone's knee you can't treat their back but they're still a human being that has both parts right i mean how crazy is that medicare says you can only do one thing at a time well we're humans. We're not my knee and just my back. And but because we can only code for one thing, guess what? You got to come back. And that's ridiculous. It should be all taken care of in one shot if you can, or bring them back if it is necessary to do another, you know, test or whatever. But where we are with healthcare and how we are, are treating people, it's just that next mentality you know, get in line and then accept the, the poor service that we're going to give you. And if you don't like it, oh, well, go somewhere else.
0: And the good news is it doesn't have to be that no. way. And our conference, our medical freedom conference is going to talk about how it, there's going to be providers there that have liberated themselves from the system already. And there's going to be people there speaking like Dr. Richard Edgerly on how to liberate yourself from the system um, another speaker is going to be Dr. Mary Bowden. Um, she is coming from Houston, Texas, and she was one of the first ones during, um, uh, kind of a middle of COVID in, uh, Jan- or, uh, um, June, I think of 2020, she started treating her patients with, um, <laughs> excuse me. started treating her patients with um, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine too, I believe. And she was ostracized for it and she had to fight for her medical license for it. In fact, one of those just got dismissed. She's got three or four more to go. I believe that she will be exonerated of all of charges. when you look at a lot of those physicians that they vilified for doing things like that for their patients three years later after they fought it, um, most of them have come out on top. Um, These state boards of medicine have become, they've used used physicians' licenses and they've weaponized them, you know, and basically telling them how they want them to prescribe. And really, when you look at it, this comes down from the FDA um, and bigger organizations than that, than the state boards. I think the state boards should should actually, you know, be independent. They're not federal boards or state boards. And we are the United States of America. We're not a, you know, big federal agency. And that's why I believe that states should be independent and make decisions for themselves. And speaking of that, they should let physicians make decisions for themselves. And um, if no patients are harmed. And when you look at what Dr. Um, Bowden did, she treated, I think, over 4,000 COVID patients, didn't lose a one COVID patient and um, she used treatments that were not approved by the FDA. Um, but that doesn't mean that things like that don't work and aren't safe and effective. So well,
1: let's back up. The medications were FDA approved for human use.
0: Right. Just not for COVID.
1: Right. Which only a few were on a fast track that didn't have right. all the safety, safety data. net. Right studies where ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, actually hydroxychloroquine was like OTC over the counter type medication in many countries. And in a lot of third world countries that didn't have some of the dangerous drugs that we used, um, they actually fared very well using ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So the fact that you're ostracized in the United States for using something that's been used throughout the whole entire world on millions and millions of people, even prior to and then after or during, is ludicrous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Janet, speaking of one of those drugs, remdesivir, which remdesivir um, caused multi-organ failure in a lot of of uh, patients that that was used as an antiviral to treat COVID. And I believe that it was a cause of death in many patients. Of course, the cause of death, was written on the death certificate was of COVID um, because then the hospitals made more money that way. And those are some of the things that have been exposed and are starting to come out. Um, and I believe that's one of the, if there was some good to come out of COVID is that there is a movement where you know, hospitals have been exposed for doing some of these evil things based on money. And I think it's been going on for a long time. And COVID has, has definitely exposed them. They overcharge. And I think their treatments aren't always the best, especially um, when it comes to um, certain diseases. Just follow the money. They're doing what, what makes the money, not necessarily what's best for the patient. So, Jan, do you have any comment on that?
1: Yeah. So, on a positive note, there's solutions. And there's also, you know, what steps to take. And so we have uh, providers that are going to share their story. They're going to share with you how to move forward, how to get your life back, how to, how to practice in um, a world without these negative uh, forces. And, you know, a lot of people kind of push back a little bit sometimes when we're in conversation with um, Sean and I, but Sean just had a visit in the... Um, Boise area with a doctor who's flourishing. He actually is, um, didn't he get a brand new building? Oh, yeah, a new yeah, office yeah, space.
0: Remodel a new building, yes. Yeah. And,
1: and the difference between this person prior to this and now his practice is night and day because patients are going in and families are being treated, and he takes care of the whole family like it used to be. And it hasn't been that far removed. I mean, when I was a kid, I still remember Dr. Larson in my little town in Velva, North Dakota, who would ask my mom, is there anybody else in the room? Because we all came with our mom, you know, and he took care of all of us, And it wasn't, um, because he knew, how do I want to say this? He knew that my mother's time was important And ranchers and farmers didn't come in to see a doctor unless they absolutely needed. So he knew that he needed to take care of something right now. But their relationship was amazing, right? Like he didn't kick her to the door if there was something else in the room that needed to be treated. He took care of it. But the reason he was able to do that is because at that time, insurance wasn't paying for everything, right? My parents were paying out of pocket. He was reasonable. He knew where you were financially because he was the same person you saw down the street, at the at the post office, at the church, at the bank, right? We all were living together in a community where we were so far removed and that insurance company wasn't in between us and neither was some big conglomerate between us. It was a personal relationship that my parents had or we had with our primary doctor in our own community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and like Janet says, it's... It's not a thing of the past. It's still, it's a thing of the present. You just have to search for that. So if any patients are watching and they want to know of a doctor in their area that they can contact to where they can get out of the insurance racket, you know, please let us know. Um, I, I can tell you this, I've met hundreds, if not thousands of Of these direct primary care doctors um, all over the nation. And I will say, I have never met one that is unhappy. I also say this, I've met thousands of doctors in the traditional system where they're billing insurance. And I can tell you this, I haven't met one that is happy with it. Um, Well, if you don't have a happy doctor, how are they going to give good patient care? So one of the things that we have a surprise guest speaker at our conference, Um, you don't want to miss that. He has been very. Uh, vocal about medical freedom and he is not in healthcare himself he's actually a performer professional athlete you don't want to miss out because uh he gives a good presentation and he will talk about his experience with kind of alternative medicine and and why he is moving in towards the medical freedom movement um you don't want to miss out on that um what else can I say about the conference? I can't say anything more besides go to our website, go to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy website, and you can find out more information about the conference. Um, message us on Facebook. Um, we can get back to you, send you a registration link. Um, don't you don't want to miss out because it is filling up fast and we do have limited space. So um with that, um, it looks like Dr. Renata Moon could not get on our show today. So we'll have to reschedule her um and um Thursday, tune into our regularly scheduled podcast. Uh, um I'm sorry, our midweek our midweeks podcast. I don't even know who our guest is, but you don't want to miss out our our midweek podcast is usually eight a m to nine a m. Um, And our goal of this podcast, as always, and as our pharmacy has been for almost 25 years now, we will be celebrating 25 years, October 4th, 1998, we open up, maybe October 5th, can't remember the exact date, but it'll be 25 years this October. And our goal has always been to educate and empower patients to take charge of their own health. And we will continue to do that. I, I wrote a book about it. We have a podcast about it. That is our goal. Our pharmacy's main goal is to educate patients and let them make their own informed choices. So without that, with, without further ado, we are going to wind this podcast up. Uh, tune in 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, our midweek podcast Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.